starting that's our lead-in is just us all saying fuck you at each other i'm in well, training trying to fucking fuck you up for that one right now <laughs> match my key level so i can beat the shit out of you in my mind <laughs> you see but i got learned more beating my getting my ass beat on earth that i did in years of training i do love TFS's take on that scene to bring our obligatory TFS reference. I actually don't remember how they handled this because I have not watched Team Four Star since we did this podcast, so I don't remember any of this. Yeah, it's been a long time. I've seen it, and it's like basically the way they handle it is Vegeta just very bluntly is like, oh, I got my ass beat. Like, I was absolutely destroyed, outmatched in every way. And Queen's like, starts getting nervous because he's like, wait, you would never say this. Why would you admit to this? And he's like, because, Queen, you're not going to live to tell anybody about it, and then blows him up. (laughs) Which I kind of love that take. (laughs) <laughs> on this. I do love that, that this gets called the, the Zenkai boost later, right? Like, this is how this the all The Zenkai comes... boost is the official name for when a Saiyan almost dies and becomes stronger because but of they that. they do not even try to even say this is something of a Saiyan power or something. They um, don't yeah, no. hear. They There's don't hear, and it makes so much yeah. more sense to never make it a Saiyan thing, but I honestly digress. <laughs> There's also, like, I always find it interesting that there's some little things that translation-wise get changed that they've never changed back. Things that don't quite matter, but it's odd. Like, I don't think the words Zenkai boost are ever said in English. Like, in any of the dubs of any of the series of Dragon Ball, to my knowledge. Oh, really? And I'm sure somebody might be able to prove me wrong. But to my knowledge, they never say the word Zenkai boost. If they were, I feel like it'd be this dub. Like, somewhere in Kai's dub. Well, we'll yeah, find I think, out, I, I think, guess. I think in the wiki, just called Saiyan Power. Yeah, and it's also, like, it goes along with, like, they never call key key in any of the dubs. It's always energy. Yeah. Like, nobody... But in the, in the subs, people say key. Like, people, like, will refer to energy as key. And I don't know if it's just, like, that's a direct translation, and then matching lip flaps is always going to affect the dialogue, because that's just how dubbing is. Mm-hmm. That is just a, a inherent part of how, at the very least, how like Funimation slash Crunchyroll handles dubbing is they do put a lot of emphasis still on trying to match at least syllable count um, or timing. I feel like it's kind of varied recently where it's like some people still really want to match those lip flaps and other people are just like, as long as the timing is about right and it's close enough then we can kind of fudge the the words to make the dialogue better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I, I sit more in the latter. I think with animation, if you're dubbing, I would rather you match timing, get kind of close to lip flaps, but if it's a choice between lip flaps and making the dialogue sound like things people would say, um, I would go with making the dialogue good. But I digress. Yeah, I would go with that too. Yeah. Uh, I also am not in charge of this in any way, and I don't make money, <laughs> you know, directing actors doing this. So, <laughs> 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 uh, 
But that's not what we're here to... T- well, I guess we're kind of here to talk about that in a roundabout way. But Zach, lead us in. <laughs> but we're also here to talk about episode seven of the world's strongest podcast, Kai. Felt real Great. confident going into that lead-in. Yeah, you did a really yeah, good job. Sounded bad coming out. Sounded <laughs> scared going in. And it went down like a fine wine. Yeah. I hate wine. <laughs> I love wine. I, I hate wine. <laughs> but I also hate Thomas. Hi. And Chase. No, you don't. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, but you do hate me. That yeah, is Thomas, accurate. of course, with the seething passions why he dragged me onto this project. Sunk cost fallacy at this point with this pie either. <laughs> we hate Thomas enough he gets off or he just outlives us. And I'm feeling it's the latter at this point. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, I'm going to live off of the spite of the two of you forever. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of anger giving power, we're here to talk about Dragon Ball Z Kai <laughs> episodes 19, 20, and 21. So just a quick summary up top. We have episode 19, a powerful new foe, Frieza, ruler of the universe, which I was just surprised there was no question mark on either of these two <laughs> sentences. I feel well, like he one of them is. Almost, yeah. Which begs the question, who he's selling the planets to? That's a great question anyway uh, the <laughs> summary is while Bulma, Krillin, and Gohan fly toward Namek, Vegeta makes a stop to heal his wounds where he discovers his boss Frieza having eavesdropped on his scouter is on his way to Namek. Vegeta follows and our heroes will have to contend with both of these villains which leads to episode 20 the rebellion against Frieza Vegeta's burning ambition. Vegeta manages to kill his old rival in the Frieza Force and devises his plan to sabotage Frieza's efforts. Gohan, Krillin, and Bulma, now stranded on the planet on Namek after Frieza, the Frieza Force soldiers destroy their ship, devise how they can do the same. Goku, meanwhile, gets his sensu. That brings us to episode 21. Protect the Dragon Balls. The Namekians all-out attack. Uh, Goku departs for Namek in a ship Dr. Briefs made him. Meanwhile, Gohan and Krillin get their first impression of Frieza as he intimidates a village with the help of his army to give him the next Dragon Ball. And on to notes. <laughs> um, episode 19, I just had to point out that Bulma has once again switched outfits like four times in the span of like four episodes. Yep. Or, like two episodes. Because everybody else has one costume, but Toriyama <laughs> will just keep drawing Bulma new clothes every well, chance you know, he gets. When Krillin got on the ship, he told Gohan, damn it, I forgot to pack pajamas. And what's he wearing? He's wearing the same clothes he got on the ship on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's called visual storytelling. It's been a week. Those have got to smell. Oh, Wait, yeah. Is Krillin wearing the same clothes? I thought he was wearing like a polo shirt. I think he, well, he switches to this gi once they land. So well, I thought when he was sitting least... down, he was wearing like a sick polo shirt. Was he already? Was oh, he was wearing he wearing? The polo shirt oh, he jacket? was wearing. He was wearing the powder well, blue wearing... uh, uh, hood, uh, polo shirt. You're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah but I'm he trying to remember if a... that was before that. He was wearing a jacket though when they left. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. my thought was just that was just what was under the jacket. Like that was part of that outfit because the rest of the outfit's the same. He still has the hat. Yeah, he still got I the hat. Believe, the same pants and shoes. So my guess was that he just popped the jacket off. Nah, he was definitely wearing like a fucking wife beater underneath that. I'm looking at it right now. This is ah. a new shirt. <laughs> he changed and, shirt. So he brought a change of shirts. Okay, at so he took off his yeah. polo and kept the undershirt on. Hell yes. yes. <laughs> this guy rips. Yeah, and this is also our first like explicit reference to image training. As How far does as I this work? Oh, you do. As- you just like imagine it. <laughs> but they're going head to head in their image fight training with their minds. 
Yeah. How? My assumption was that this is like a key th- thing, like they're reaching out with their energy and kind of doing this. But that is just me spitballing. It does not, <laughs> at no point do they try to explain how image training works in this scene. They just sort of do it, and it's kind of established, because we established this is like a month into their trip, because it's almost the end of their trip. And oh, this Bulma is, this just is like sees the them start. Like, this is like a weekend. Oh, I thought this was like later in. No, nah, the narrator is. said it was like a week. Right. Uh, but yeah, like it, I guess it's already been that they've just been doing image training this whole time because Bulma addresses it like she's just keeps seeing him do it. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, they're doing their weird mind shit again. <laughs> I, I adore this opening. But, uh, episode episode starts. Bulma emerges from like this cave of basically just junk food and wrappers and books, bored out of her mind, surrounded by empty beer cans. Picks up another one, pops it open, walks over, sees Krillin and Gohan are still just like fucking around, just squatting there, staring at each other. He goes, "Oh my god, more image training, huh?" Pop, mm. glug, glug, glug. Yeah, yeah Bulba is very much just like, "All right, I guess this is my fucking life for the next <laughs> month, at least," <laughs> which I love. Yeah, it's a great little dynamic established in like a minute and a half, two minute scene, uh, which this is. Pretty much the majority of what we're going to see of their trip. They really don't spend much time on the trip to Namek, which well, is there's great. There's nothing to do. Yeah, well, in, <laughs> if you ask Dragon Ball Z, there's a lot. There's a whole ass fake Namek. There's a spaceship of people running from Frieza. <laughs> there's a whole lot of little filler adventures that we would have had to sit through that this just doesn't have. Thank which pacing-wise, I think is good. Instead, it's just grilling and... Gohan vibing at each other in increasingly <laughs> dangerous ways. <laughs> I hate how you phrased this. I until love how Gohan, until Gohan catches the worst bad fuel ever, freaks out and destroys Krillin. With <laughs> Krillin going, "Damn, dude, you're so strong," which was so funny. <laughs> I was gonna say Krillin uses multi form in their yeah. little image trading fight, which I feel like he's never used ever. Well, nor yeah, ever because he's used again. it because he's used it in the mind palace and it is like shit this is useless actually and then never yeah, used it turns out well, this yeah, is a fucking awful move <laughs> what was tm well, yeah. thinking well i mean we even see its weakness when it first shows up which is just that you have your strength every time you split yourself up or you have to divide your power mm-hmm. between each one so it's like, yes, I have now three guys, but each of those guys is one-third as strong as me. Um, which continues to be the weakness that Multiform has, even into, like, there's a character that uses it in Super. Oh, really? And it's, yeah, it's a, uh, spoilers, but Granola uses it. Though I like the way they use it in that fight is that they're, that Goku's fighting Granola and is even trying to go all out, and that's when Granola reveals that he's fighting his clone, and then, like, unsplits. So I'm like, oh, that's a nice way to be like, oh, you're fucked kind of moment. Well, now, like, you thought you had yeah, a chance. Yeah, Goku is getting pushed, and then we reveal that there's this is half his strength. So it's a good. I, I liked that because it was a good way to leverage information that we as Dragon Ball fans already had, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway... I will talk about that there's a lot of there's really great scene in these three episodes which I think I don't know I loved the scene that ends these three episodes that makes up the bulk of episode 21 but we'll get to that 
Because then we go to fucking Vegeta, which this is our big world building episode, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because this is basically like, hey, here's as much as you need to know about the organization of the group that Vegeta belongs to. The Frieza Force. Yeah, the Frieza Force, formerly the Cold Force, uh, which you get to see just how massive in scale this group is which this is the first time we've had a villain that has like an army since red ribbon Mm -hmm. but unlike red ribbon this army feels like they could actually menace our protagonist a bit (laughs) more so than the red ribbon army ever did like their whole army can use key to some degree I mean, true, but to jump ahead a little bit, Krillin and Gohan do commit their first acts of self-defense on Namek. This is true. But, like, I don't know. I was just like, they feel more intimidating and more all-encompassing than mm-hmm. Red Ribbon ever did. I, yeah, I, Which, I, have, I have no feelings in the Frieza Force. I have feelings on Frieza, but the Frieza Force are just, like, goons at, to a degree that's... They're just goon guys. They're just like... I. Oh, I'm gonna like, fucking beat the shit out of you, mate. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh, no. I like the Frieza Force in how they inform Frieza and how they inform, like, how the world beyond Earth works in Dragon Ball to some degree. Oh, yes. Or at least, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I like them as world building. Yeah, the individual members, whatever. The named members get a little more in terms of just, I mean, they're named. So, obviously, it's like, okay, they have a name, <laughs> so they're probably going to be important. Some of these characters that you see in this scene do get names. Like, I know fucking Apul ends up in... Well, I guess Apul isn't in this. Apul is... No, he's like, not. On, yeah. Pour I one out for the it, nameless doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how they establish Vegeta's place in this greater hierarchy. Like, obviously, he's he's above the rabble, but we're seeing him, like, not by much. It's mm-hmm. obvious that Vegeta is not not a key figure in the Frieza Force, but he is not even, like, the right-hand man. But he is he still is like expendable. Imp- he's, yeah, he's a strong lieutenant, but Frieza would not be sad if he died. Well, I mean, Frieza would not be sad if anybody died, but Frieza would not be annoyed if he died. <laughs> he's annoyed if Zarbon and Adoria die. Because <laughs> that's, like, a whole thing now. Mm-hmm. I do like... Oh, continue with your point. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I liked whenever his ship was coming back, that you want, you're looking at those pods and you wonder, you know, how are these things supposed to land? Turns out they don't. They just kind of, they like crash into a landing trampoline and that stops the fall. <laughs> Which, yeah, it says something about just how they treat these forces and whatnot. It's nothing is designed to be comfortable for anybody using it, really. Mm-hmm. The one exception being how stretchy their armor is. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, I think that's more a practicality thing so that they don't have to make a bunch of different sizes of battle gear. Mm-hmm. Um, which Vegeta gets some new armor in this, which is very similar to his Saiyan Saga armor, just without like the leg armor or yeah. like the, the like waist bits. He decided that was only slowing him down. Yeah. Well, they kind of establish in it that, like, Vegeta's armor was a nice set. Like, they were like, this is, uh, like, the doctor or whomever's arming him is like, it's a shame that you lost 
like a good set here. Here's like you know, a really, really got the set. shit beat out of you for this one, didn't you? <laughs> Man, it's like pretty much was, what he says. I can't believe the doctor lived through this. He is just talking mad shit to Vegeta the entire time. Which, yeah, to me says, again, something about how Vegeta knows what his place is in the Frieza Force. That he's like, I can cause some problems, but if I just start willy-nilly wasting everyone around me, that will cause more problems for me than it'll solve. I also just thought he was like, this guy saved my life, pretty much, so I'm not going to be too mad about it. And by definition, he's just not wrong. I did get <laughs> my shit rocked out there. I mean, yeah, it's even, a little bit more like, than you thought you bargained for, eh, Vegeta? Which yeah, is true. Which that, I was kind of shocked Vegeta didn't just turn and kill him. Or at least, like, smack him up a bit. <laughs> By the way, um, where's Nappa? Yeah. Dead. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Think I give a fuck about that guy? Yeah. <laughs> where's Nappa? Who? The, <laughs> the one who was with you since you were a child. I've I been alone for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally the one that killed him. <laughs> yeah, it was dope. Um, but yeah, and then we get Kui, which the fucking conversation... Fucking Fucking Kui. I just, I love the conversation between Vegeta and Kui is, I think, what really fleshes out what the Frieza Force is. Just because it's like, or what the Frieza Force dynamic is. A bunch of like, jocks. We learned that, yeah, Vegeta was not given the order or the okay to go to Earth. He just kind of did it and just hoped that it would pan out or really just didn't think it would cause too much of an issue. And Frieza, he's noteworthy enough in the Frieza Force that Frieza noticed his absence. Which, mm -hmm. like, I I feel like if just, like, a pool who we haven't gotten to or, like, somebody that level just, like, fucked off, did something on their own and came back, but Frieza wouldn't even notice. I don't think Frieza knows a pool's name. No, I really don't think so. <laughs> but you guys keep saying a pool like anyone knows who a pool is. <laughs> he's I my know who a pool he's is. my favorite. He's my main in Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi <laughs> 3. He is a playable character in that game. Everyone's Incredible. a playable character in that game. Oh no, it's true. But sometimes there's like like Dragon Ball Ultimate Tenkaichi. Not a great game, don't play it. Uh, but that one wasn't like Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 3, where it just had everybody. And yet, Ultimate Tenkaichi had Kui as a playable character, which blew my mind. Everybody, lo <laughs> if you're, if you're, everybody loves Kui. If you're not asking where Kui is, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> I love Kui's utility in these episodes. I think he's a fun foil to Vegeta for, like, two episodes. I think it's he comes in, serves his episodes. purpose... Yeah, he comes in, he serves his purpose, he leaves. <laughs> well, leaves, quote unquote. Leaves, but in I, he gets uh, he he leaves the show in the most explosive way. Exit pursued by Vegeta. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like I think Kui serves an excellent narrative purpose. If we were talking about how like hmm, utilitarian the writing is in some ways, maybe I don't know. Like efficient would probably be a better word to use. Um, mm -hmm. Kui is written very efficiently. <laughs> he comes in, he's entertaining enough, he has enough character traits that he doesn't just feel like a, a plot device in the scenes that he's in. Mm -hmm. But he leaves before we realize there's not too much under the hood for Kui. <laughs> <laughs> we got everything we needed out of Kui and got out, which Kui is just kind of a... He's just an asshole. <laughs> 
he is a big jockey asshole that's at least last time they met stronger than Vegeta and enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Enjoys just being a pain in Vegeta's ass. Well, he's a, yeah. Will you say as strong or stronger in here? As strong. Yeah, as strong. Say, yeah, right. They were like roughly on par, which they like they bring up several times. But Vegeta is the one that's sitting here operating with the knowledge that he is now stronger than him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Kree's um, operating at the knowledge that he thinks he's stronger than him. Or that, yeah. But this is where Kree lets Vegeta know. Like, through this conversation, we learn that, like, Frieza listens in on all of their comms, <laughs> like, through the scouters. I love this. And the, yeah, because of that, Frieza's like, I'm not too... I was pissed that you went to Earth on your own, but then I heard about the Dragon Balls and heard that it was a Namekian, so... He made the same, like, connection between two <laughs> dots that Vegeta did. And it's just like, well, fuck it. I guess I'll go to Namek. And so, well, I, lo- so this I is love it because learns. Vegeta falls for the exact same trap that Piccolo and Goku did. It's mm. the exact same thing. He's like, oh, I'm going to talk about the Dragon Balls. What do you mean somebody was listening to my recording device? Yeah, I think he just figured he floated enough under Frieza's radar that Frieza wasn't listening. Or that nobody would report back to Frieza. I, I, part of me wonders if it's Frieza himself is listening or like Zarbon or Dodoria was listening and filled. Oh, Frieza not, e- in. not even them. He's got people to just listen in on other people. <laughs> Somebody was like, oh, Dragon Ball's wishes. I should send this up the line. And then it's yeah. a big game telephone until Frieza listens to it. But it's completely garbled. <laughs> so he goes back, greases the messenger, and then listens to the audio. I was going to say the messenger must have been Apul, uh, just because he's a theme today for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, which, yeah, it is cool to see, like, Vegeta falls for the same folly. Like, I'm like, it's funny, but it also works. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, yeah, it's part of Vegeta's arrogance to some degree, or just miscalculation here. I wouldn't say this is, like, arrogant. Mm-hmm. Kind of the opposite, where he's like, I think I'm so unimportant in Frieza's eye that Frieza would not be paying attention to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But it turns out you're just important enough. I think for Vegeta, it was like a calculated risk. Right? If I get there and I'm immortal, who fucking cares what the mm-hmm. end of the story is? Let Frieza Fair, do yeah. what he wants. He can't kill yeah, me. Yeah, he can't kill me. He can't kill me or Nappa. And then B, I need to go get Saiyans because, as we're going to learn later, he wants to overthrow Frieza. At this point, like it's all just a calculated risk, I think, for... Mm-hmm for uh, Vegeta and he's like I can just go back at the end of the day if everything felt I can go back and be like well I tried on to do my own thing you know how I am because Frieza's like I know how Vegeta is yeah and- I mean, there seems to be just a certain level of like infighting and like insubordination that the Frieza force just accepts yeah and oh well, yeah it is like right it's mm-hmm. it's Vegeta at the end of the day what do we got you got Kui, Darbon and Zarbon the, and Zar- yeah Zarbon <laughs> yeah, you said Darbon you can, yeah. this is the worst well you know Asian. Yeah, Darbon works pretty well. Yeah, and like, hmm. and then you got the uh, the the Fab Five, but like at that point, like that's all you really got. <laughs> five. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite way I've ever heard anyone refer to the Ginyu Force. Ginyu. Um, and, and I'm Which like, do not make an appearance in this episode, just to be clear to oh, the yeah. audience. The Ginyu Force are coming, but they're not here. So like. And then, and then Vegeta's going to be stronger than the Ginyu, a little bit of, of some of the Ginyu force when this goes down. So at some point, like, he's at he's kind of on the top of the ladder. I think we say he's insignificant, but people know, when you say Vegeta, you everyone kind of goes, ah, Vegeta. 
Like, there is a little bit of knowledge there. Even Frieza's like, he has gotten considerably stronger. He has been on the front lines. I'm putting him out there. He's like my num- my guy I'm putting out on the front lines forever because mm-hmm. I want him to die. What he's not saying is he wants Frieza to die. But he or wants Vegeta. Frieza to fucking die. Uh, Vegeta yeah. to die, yeah. He wants Vegeta to die out Which there, probably. I think, yeah, and I think Vegeta is well aware that Frieza like wants him dead and Frieza's well aware that Vegeta wants him dead. It's just from Frieza's perspective, Frieza knows that Vegeta doesn't really stand a huge threat to him. It's it's an extremely it's petty right. work culture right now, is what I'm getting <laughs> mm-hmm. at. Where everyone sort of knows each other and everyone is actually pretty good at their job. Everyone sort of gets it. But like Vegeta will go off and be like, I'm gonna try to go get a second job and then he comes back here and everyone's like, How'd the second job work on he goes, Shut the fuck up <laughs> And like that's the that's the environment they're working with. And Frieza's like, Good job, I don't get the second job, I just bought the business. <laughs> like so, that's what it feels like is happening. So the Frieza Force yeah. is just like a shitty startup. Yeah. Yeah. The Frieza okay. Force operates almost entirely on spite. <laughs> it's run by Frieza, a spite field energy. <laughs> I think yeah, Frieza knows it's like, well, I can just be a little shit up here. Everyone's going to hate me, but they're going to hate me so much that they're going to do their job incredibly. <laughs> this is a foolproof plan. <laughs> if I run a business where everyone wants me dead. <laughs> well, to be fair, until an ancient prophecy was fulfilled, he was right. <laughs> he was right. For like quite a time, he was correct. <laughs> But also a thing that I want to highlight on this scene, before the whole, like, discussion with Kui, Vegeta, like, walks walks away to go do his Namek thing, but he, like, explicitly leaves the scouter behind. He's like, oh, this is a useless piece of shit. And I do like that Vegeta has learned from his experience on Earth, just, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, he's like, this thing yeah. just really, like, fucked me up more than anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't need this. It's worthless. <laughs> But I do love then, after Kui tells him what Frieza's doing, and Vegeta realizes he needs to fucking beeline it for Namek if he's going to have any <laughs> chance to get his wish, he does go back and pick up the scouter, yeah. and he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. I guess I do need this piece of crap after all. Bye. <laughs> I think he's thinking of it more as, like, I can use this to track everybody else uh, on this planet more than I'm going to use it to tell me how strong my opponents are, because I've learned mm-hmm. that lesson. Yeah, he's using it like more, as, more as a map there. than anything else. Plus, like, he keeps using it to, like, listen in on their comms. Hmm. Which, yeah, it's great that he's like, you know what? He's gonna listen to me, I'm gonna listen to him, this goes both ways. Sweet. <laughs> luckily for luckily for me, I don't have anyone to talk to. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Victory for Vegeta. Yeah. But, yeah, free, Vegeta leaves to go after them on Namek, and that's when we cut back to the gang who now lands... Uh, well, okay, first we get a quick, like, Goku shot of, <laughs> like, Goku is not listening to his fucking doctors and is just doing sit-ups and shit despite still being mummy-wrapped. And the nurse also refers to Roshi as Grandpa Happy Hands. Which Yay! I hate. <laughs> yeah, but at least everyone's just shitting on Roshi. Now back to the good part. Yeah, now back to the good part of Bulma, Krillin, and Gohan. Flying around, hanging out, uh, finally arriving to Namek. Yeah, this is the part, yeah, the narrator's like, it's been a month, whatever, mm-hmm. we're here. <laughs> y'all didn't need to see all this shit. There uh, was a whole fake planets, a ship, it was weird. <laughs> I don't think, uh, does he say something like, it's been an adventure? But I think he just said something to the effect of, like, nothing really happened on the trip. Pretty much. <laughs> just to be like, yeah, look, none of that was canon. <laughs> if you watch Dragon Ball and you were expecting that in here, fuck off. 
Um, but they land and just, I love almost immediately they land, they get out of the ship and Gohan's like, what the fuck is that energy? (laughs) (laughs) Immediately he's like, oh my God. Oh my God. There's so many big power levels here and they feel mean. (laughs) No, it's, it's the so, but this a bad, I'm in a bad place easy. to fool. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yo, this is, uh, they're failing the vibe check right now on <laughs> the energy test. Which, like, do, do they ever establish before that you can feel someone's intent through their energy? No. Or just that you can feel energy? Just that you can feel it. I th- I thought they described it as, like, somewhat, they could feel somewhat the energy of it. Um, Of, like, Vegeta doesn't feel like a good person energy or something. I guess, yeah, they sort of alluded to that idea of, like, hey, this guy sucks. But, like, energy's always just been, like we talked about earlier, a vibe check to a mm-hmm. to a degree where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, it just um doesn't feel that good over there, I guess. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yo, this is, this is not a good time. I also love that this is just such a quick succession of, like, we're going to figure out how quickly fucked we are. Because right after that, too, a Saiyan pod buzzes them, <laughs> like, fast them. And Krillin and Gohan are both like, that's fucking Vegeta. I can feel his energy. He's here, feel- too. Fuck. <laughs> I feel like Bulma should count herself lucky that she can't sense key right about now. Right. <laughs> she's just like which I also love that dynamic in the scene of like Gohan and Krilla just being like oh god oh fuck and like Bulba having to sit there and be like what 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 is it <laughs> what's going on use your Man, words you're just sitting there and your vibes just go completely off that you start having a panic attack and every but no matter what happens the vibes are always true and you're like we well, yeah. It's bad. It's all gone so bad. <laughs> and then like, go, one spaceship flies down. You're like, it's off. Oh, God, Vegeta. Second spaceship <laughs> flies down. Oh, God, that's Vegeta. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, there's a quick moment before Vegeta buses them. That they're like, is any of those Vegeta? And like, it doesn't feel like Vegeta. It feels way stronger, a couple of these. And then Vegeta buzzes. And they're like, that's Vegeta. That's Vegeta. That's Vegeta. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> we, we can maybe barter with these other ones. That's Vegeta. <laughs> oh, no. Hmm. <laughs> Ironic, because Vegeta's gonna end up being the only reason they make it as far as they do here. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and then Vegeta lands, and we get a little bit of strategy from Vegeta, which I like. He's just like, alright, like, I can't just go around wasting people or they're gonna feel me. And Vegeta makes the first call where he's like, I just need to get one. I think it's in this episode? Where Vegeta more or less is like, well, I thought this is where he comes up with the plan of, like, I just need to get one Dragon Ball. Nah, it's in the next one. Okay. But he starts to strategize a little bit as he lands down because he knows he can't just like bum rush Frieza and take him head on. He's basically like the only chance I have to kill Frieza is if I'm immortal. (laughs) And I like that he can just see power levels like he doesn't see names as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. Um, But he sees power levels and he knows that Zarbon and Dodoria are with Frieza, which Makes sense. There's like two high ones, but I, I'm, I'm surprised he could tell keep... considering how close they're standing to Frieza. <laughs> I mean, my thought is he just kind of sees like either he knows what their power levels are just because power levels are such a big deal in the Frieza force mm-hmm. that I can imagine they would keep, you know, a running tally, at least on high level people in the Frieza force. Be like, hey, everybody knows Frieza's at like 150,000 or whatever. I think that's what his first form is at. 
like 250. I know his uh-huh. second form is at 1 million because it becomes real quick that power levels become way too <laughs> Out big. Out the to... window. Yeah. Me constantly replacing my scouter, putting five scouters on top of each other. <laughs> Someone goddamn make these things fucking work. They keep blowing up my hand. We get to too high. <laughs> Even Frieza's power level is so high that it's going to, if he naturally just like got up, it would blow one up. Like it is ridiculous that they have to it const- is, it, they, that they only go so high because even you think it'd be like tuned to like maybe put on my second form you know don't want anyone <laughs> to know that I have a final form that's like the thing we get into later but you know maybe my second or third form just so it goes high enough so we can like there's gonna be someone strong but Frieza and I guess the whole four is so overconfident like yeah it gets to about ten fifteen twenty k maybe. And these yeah, little old ones are gone. Explodes. They're done. Those newer <laughs> ones, they can may survive, but I don't believe they're telling me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is more or less where this episode can you imagine ends. Imagine how many eyes the Frieza Force has to replace on their men from those scouters it's just always, exploding. Yeah, it's shocking to me that these scouters explode and like nobody loses an eye. It, this has to be a new phenomenon, right? Everyone is like the Frieza Force. It's like we're in the, the normal Frieza Force, like a, a, a one Ker. Yeah, clocking at about 1,500-ish, probably. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. and Which, that's, like, where Raditz, I think, was sitting. Yeah, it's somewhere, somewhere in that neighborhood. No, Raditz is, like, 200s, right? No, no Raditz, Raditz is 1,000 He just got fucked up by a special beam can. He just got absolutely owned. Yeah, Raditz was floating around 1,500 as well. Yeah. I was going to say, as I thought he was a little over 1,000. I think I've got he, the like, number. Made a, Let me check my yeah. notes. Y'all keep talking. But, like, to put no, this in, like, perspective that's crazy and weird to think about is... Is Goku, Krillin, Gohan are in like the upper, 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 upper percentile of people ever to exist in the universe for Frieza, for that figure's ever encountered. Because there hasn't been, they haven't ever talked about like some dude breaking the power scale. Like, well, this guy's getting that strong, that's crazy. Like, when Goku makes landfall, <laughs> it's gonna be a fucking <laughs> seismic shift of proportions no one's ever expected because. Like, the, when Vegeta powers up, they're like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, this is a big deal. By the gods. <laughs> Except for Freezer. Freezer's like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, which is the constant underpinning of a lot of these scenes. Which we do get our first, there's like a quick, 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 like, maybe a minute long scene with Freezer. Raditz is at 1500. Episode. Gotcha. It's not, so like, it's not in the episode, a- but I did look it up. So Gotcha. Raditz is the average Freezer Force soldier. At least in terms of strength. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we do get our first scene with Frieza here, which this is Chris Ayers voicing Frieza. Uh, R.I.P. Chris Ayers. Uh, he passed away a few months ago. Yeah. Um, Chris Ayers, I love his Frieza. <laughs> and he sounds just so fucking menacing. And he hits it perfectly. Because it's like, Frieza's this is haughty, better than you. But the worst part is that he's better than you, and he, it's true. Like, he is just stronger than you. <laughs> and he is, as a matter of fact. It's what makes him, like, even more despicable, and he loves it. He just loves being evil. <laughs> he loves being, like, lording his power over people. We don't get a ton of him in this episode, but I love just a little, the little bit of it that we do get. And that's the end of this episode, and all I thought at the end of this is I was just like, damn, Namek rocks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, there's just so much already, like, it's a more complicated conflict that works because we had the setup of the Saiyan Saga taking the brunt of setting up Vegeta, setting up, like, what might be ahead. And now we have this, like, interesting multifaceted 
conflict here where we have Vegeta who's here for his complete own interest. We have Frieza here with his army for his own interest. And we have Gohan, Krillin, Bulma here with their own thing. Like, it's a three-pronged conflict already, which makes it more interesting to me because we have a couple different sides with different motivations all mm -hmm. coming together in this one place. It's real cool. And that's this is just the setup. Like, this episode is 100%, like, let's get all the, the chess pieces in place with the exception of Goku, mm -hmm. who will be coming later. Who, who's got a few days worry, left. He's doing full. He's doing full cast setups. He's going to be fine. <laughs> oh, it's so great. The fuck are these sensu beans? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that now on episode twenty. Which yeah, I just love all the random alien designs in the Frieza Force. Yeah, it's probably like the best part. It's like normal people and then just aliens. Yeah, like human-looking humans, but with like a big mustaches, or like a man with like a bald head, and then it's like. And then just a, a fucking crazy looking like catfish alien. You're like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> this all goes together. Yeah, you got shit like uh, like fucking Quee, who just kind of looks like a blue slug person. Yeah, like even mm -hmm. more so than like Namekians look like. Like he looks like a slug to me. <laughs> That's the one like thought I kept having. He's got little antenna and shit. It's great. Love it. Um, but yeah, then you've got like people with weird giant like xenomorph heads. You got. Like, weird little fucked up snake guy is <laughs> hanging out with the Frieza Force. But not Birder. More snake-like than, like, Birder of the Frieza, of the Ginyu Force is gonna look. This one just kind of looks like if you took a big-ass snake head and stapled it to a human body. Uh, <laughs> and they all have little, like, laser blasters, which I thought was, like, an interesting... That connect to their scouter? Yeah, which I thought was, like, interesting to see the interconnectivity of all of their gear. How they all wear, like... It makes for, Vegeta's armor is just like Frieza Force armor. It's not like this was unique to him, in some ways. Like it, it establishes them as like an army, and I can see it. So they if have their your own scouter gun blows up, does your arm blow up? Yes, that's a great question. But I find it interesting. Like to me, at least, I'm assuming anybody that has a laser, it's because they can't produce a key beam stronger than that. Because mm -hmm. the that's strongest members of the Frieza Force don't have an arm cannon. Yeah, the arm cannon's like. If you're a little, if you're a little baby who needs help making key blasts, this one's for you. For all the cool guys, <laughs> just do it with your hands. Like, like all of the Frieza Force members can fly. Like they could just all inherently fly, or at least we see random Frieza Force members just flying. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the arm cannon or any of their gear is what enhances their key enough that they can do that, or if they can just do that. Like that's just easier for them than forming a strong key blast. Like I imagine it's the ones probably with arm just cannon. easier. Yeah, I imagine the with arm cannons can do a key blast, just probably one that's not as strong as the arm laser laser. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the let's make up the mechanical advantage. Well, then also remember they they don't they, they still don't charge up their key blast right. Like it True. is just a projectile of energy from your own key. So they could be just a 1k or key blast. This could be like a 1.2 laser beam damage wise. Mm. But like everyone, the people who are stronger are just going to fire out their stronger key they have. And they're just are not that strong, right? Yeah. No one has the, I, no one besides now Vegeta has the ability to tone or boost up their key unless they're transforming. I would mm -hmm. say Frieza kind of does. I mean, we see the death ball in the first episode when he blows up Vegeta. Let me get the little clip from Bardock, father of Goku. But yeah. that's about it. Like, he's the yeah. only one that but thinks like, about, I, like, charging. 
Yeah, it's I guess. Or, or to me, right, like, he can lower his, like, level of key he's shooting out. But if he went, like, full death ball, it would just be his full power level, right? Probably. It wouldn't be like he raises this death ball to be a boat. It's like, his, he could easily destroy a planet with a death ball because Vegeta could with a Gallic gun. So, like... I, I just I don't I don't I don't think he can like raise his level where like his death ball could become stronger than himself, which mm-hmm. is like what Piccolo could do. Um, mm. I don't think they have that idea down yet or that concept of just like what if it like I could make this beam? I guess I'll focus my key into this point, thus creating a stronger nexus or something. Where the fuck? However, they justify that working <laughs> or the ability to draw energy from other things. I think it's all just from inherently themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is a which I don't think I don't think any of the other people can do yet. Besides, like Vegeta's coming into that idea. He's learning yeah, how to yeah, after he saw key. somebody else do it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how everyone works. That's how this always yeah, works. MF is going to start throwing. He threw that damn Kienza on. I do <laughs> right like after that, he saw Krillin do it. I do like that Earthlings <laughs> are apparently the only beings in the entire galaxy who thought to maybe hide their power. No, it's not. It's it's specifically Namekians were the only maybe people who thought of that. Because it happens in this episode, right? The Namekians appear oh, yeah, like, you're right. oh, you idiots, they're so weak. And then the Namekians, like, they key up. So it has to be Kami came up came and brought this idea down from the heavens towards everyone. <laughs> Have you considered not going all out all the time? <laughs> Have you considered just <laughs> My sometimes God. charging up into, like, a move? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because the, the Piccolo men come and... <laughs> the Piccolo men. You're not wrong. You put some respect on Tambourine's name. No, it does. Yeah, coming to Namek does raise a lot of questions about Tambourine and all the fucked up like <laughs> little children that Piccolo produced. Never to be answered again. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that is an interesting question. Moving on. Yeah, but I did point out here like, yeah, everybody with their scouters talks about what they're sensing. Um, in the same way that like Nappa and Vegeta would talk about it when they were using their scouters or Raditz would talk about it. Which I like, because it's like, yeah, okay, this is the training that they all came up in. This is the paradigm that they all operated in. That's why Vegeta and Nappa thought the way they did about power levels, about what they meant, and about how static they should be. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's a good, like, consistency in lore here. Mm -hmm. And it's also why Vegeta just leaves it behind, because it was constraining his thinking. When he's like, oh, well, this is just your number, and you're going to stay that number. When he saw, oh, no, actually, your number doesn't matter. Which we get to yeah. see in, in, in effect here again in this episode yeah. when, like, you know, Frieza is now going to try to, like, threaten for the Dragon Balls these Namekians and then three more Namekian, like, which looks like young warrior Namekians appear. And he's like, and they're like, oh, they're weak. They power up. They beat the shit out of the Frieza force. And then it's like up to probably, I don't, did we see them get beaten by the end of that? I want to say, yeah, this is, this is all by- technically next episode, though. Yeah, this is next episode. But yeah, we do see Dodoria beat them. Mm -hmm. But in this one, we get it when, like, two Frieza Force people happen upon Bulma, Gohan, and Can I go one extra episode in on, like, insane? Oh, shit. (laughs) You're good. I want to talk about next episode so bad, because that scene is so perfect to me. Um, for a lot of reasons, and I'll get into it once we get there. <laughs> it makes sense. No, but yeah, we see with the Frieza Force when they when they talk to Krillin and and Mm -hmm. Gohan, they're like Oh, they're just oh, yeah, two we, weaklings, and then Krillin and Gohan are like, power and up like, and power up. up. Yeah, instantly. And Gohan yeah. murders a man. But what I like about this scene is that these Frieza, because at first they're like, Bulma, we're going to send you back mm-hmm. so that you can go get Goku and everybody and tell them what's going on here. 
going to be and a two-month trip. To do we'll we hold can. down the fort. Yeah. But immediately that plan is thrown out the window because these two Frieza Force goons blow up the spaceship. Which what I like is that it immediately puts us in this, like, no way out moment oh, of the story. Oh, we're stuck here. Shit. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're <laughs> stuck here. There's at least four people that are substantially stronger than us, if not more. This is a way fucked scenario compared to what we thought we were walking into. And now we can't leave. <laughs> so the only way out is through. They could try to hide. They might be able to hold it off. But, like, they already know if the, if Frieza gets the Dragon Balls or if Vegeta gets the Dragon Balls, they're fucked anyway. So there's no there's no turning back. It's the And that's what I love is that we get right to it. It's like immediately we land here and now there is no, there is no out. There is mm-hmm. only through. Which I do love also, we set up some of the tension here for Krillin and Gohan in that they power up for just a bit to take out these two Frieza Force people, and Frieza clocks it. So immediately now they're aware that there are two people with significant power levels against them. Mm-hmm. And Frieza like clocks it, sees it for a bit, and then like leaves. Which to me, what I love is that that means it's like Krillin and Krillin, Krillin and Gohan. <laughs> Krillin and Gohan can't even like defend themselves without it potentially making an even bigger problem. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, they're stronger than most of the Frieza Force. So it's not that the Frieza Force guys will kill them. It's that Frieza or Dodoria or Zarbon will see it and come kill them if they mm-hmm. raise their power for too long. Then we also get like a bit of Frieza's arrogance here because he's like, okay, well, what are their power levels? Mm-hmm. About 12, about 1200. Oh, but who gives a shit? Yeah, which arrogance is a pretty common through line with a lot of Dragon Ball villains, but it this works. This is true. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, what makes it worse here is that as the more we see a Frieza and everything, or really the more, because we kind of get, like, a bigger version of the Nappa to Vegeta thing. This is, like, the next step up. Mm-hmm. It's like how we established Vegeta was a big threat is how much stronger Nappa was than Raditz and how scared of Vegeta he was. This, these are the people that Vegeta's like, I can't take them. Even though I'm stronger now than I just was, I can't take these people. And I could so maybe manage a- Dorian Zarbon, but Frieza, whew, that's right out. Yeah, which Vegeta knows that they can spike their power levels and everything. And he knows that he's still stronger than that, most likely. And he's like, I'm not fucking with these folks. I don't even think, I don't think Dorian can, like, can spike his power level. No, Dodoria can't. Dodoria's just stuck there. Dodoria's yeah. a bitch. <laughs> well, because they don't have any reason to hide either, yeah. like it, which also is a bit of the arrogance. With the exception of Frieza is the only person here who can conceal some of his power. As it's later established, Frieza's forms below his final form are intentional forms that he forced himself into to ha- like to fraction out his power, so that he stopped blowing up scouters on every planet he visits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'd be like if Goku's base form was Super Saiyan and his base form was the form that he made to weaken himself. That is <laughs> that is Frieza's forms. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. His final form is his base form. The only time he's achieved a transformation above it is Golden Frieza. Interesting. Yeah, which I, I think is interesting. But yeah, it is that arrogance, that immediate like, oh, this isn't an issue to us. Let them have fun. If they get in my way, I'll kill them. And Vegeta, we get here, is, like, way stronger than what he is because we get him fighting Kui. Which we have Kui comes in and Kui straight up gives a I was just following orders excuse. As to, <laughs> uh, 
like why he's here to fight him. Yeah, it's so yeah. Well, yeah, because Kui shows up all all bad, like I'm a fucking badass, and then Vegeta wrecks his shit, and the Kui immediately pulls the Yajirobe. He's like, actually, what if we just work together to go fight Frieza? Um, really sorry about everything. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Yeah, which Vegeta is not having any of this shit. But yeah, we get a fight between them, and it's pretty solid. Like, I like mm-hmm. this fight. And we get a good way to show, like, hey, this guy's as strong as Vegeta was when he came to Earth. Like, mm-hmm. as he was just now. And Vegeta makes pretty short work of Kui. To tell us, like, yeah, Vegeta is on a whole nother level now than he just was. It's this, it's this good moment where Kui's like, I see your power. And it's, and it's weak as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, because he comes, he flies in to do like this weird, super fast punch that explodes the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And he and Vegeta's like, he's like, I didn't think you could dodge that or whatever. And then Vegeta's like, Oh, you didn't know. Oh, mm. you're unaware that I can just <laughs> like I can pop off now. You understand what I've what I've done. <laughs> I, I, but it's so good that they, they he frames it. I think it's a good Toriyama framing to go, you haven't had a fight like I have. My world's been fucking rocked. It's been opened because I got my shit so thoroughly <laughs> rocked mm-hmm. that like I now can see the possibilities that I just didn't see before, right? Yeah. Like, I now, the door's open. I can go so much further, which is like why I think he starts going go. crazy at getting power. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost like you like cracked like someone's like, metaphorical like, like um, Gohan Gohan punched him so hard in the face that it opened his third eye yeah right he's like holy shit you can get so much power oh my god like yeah. oh, they went from 200 to fucking killing me like <laughs> these guys are out of control now imagine if I, I could do, do that. that at the power I'm at yeah. it's, op- it's funny to be like this opened a whole door of growth to Vegeta where he <laughs> exited the paradigm that his power level was something that he couldn't change <laughs> yeah. And I was like, if I if I get in these fights, and they don't say the same power, which I, I really hate that they're going to eventually go to the same power thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just more interesting to be like, if I get in more and more of these insane fights where I have to like really push myself and try harder, I'm just going to get better. I'm just going to keep getting better. Yeah. And then and then Vegeta's like, and also I learned this cool trick. I can pop off now, and then just grows his <laughs> power level. Everyone across the island is like, well, everyone's just like, oh, weird power level spike. <laughs> Scouter explodes. Zarbon. <laughs> my yeah. I, I love Dory's like my whatever Zarbon or Dory is like. Oh, yeah, Zarbon like, explodes, and Dodoria's like, you should have gotten one of the new Scouters. Those old ones always do this. Now let me check mine. <laughs> Holy shit, mine must be malfunctioning. Yeah, Vegeta's yeah, gotten like, like what this. The fuck, twenty four thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do love that they know this is Vegeta killing Kui. They just don't care either. <laughs> or at least not enough to, like, send somebody after yeah. him. Who gives a fuck about Kui? Um, and it's so funny. He just punches Kui in the stomach after dodging his, you know, whatever his, you know, continuous energy bullet <laughs> Mark mm-hmm. 17 version. But that's Vegeta's technique. Yeah. Um, does that. And then literally all Vegeta does punch him in the stomach so hard his stuffing pops out. Which is yeah, like it looks like fucking like asbestos coming yeah. out of it, and then just chunks him, and then does a cool like two two fingers in the air pose, blows him up. I don't know what the fuck that move I, was. Uh, I actually know that in the, in the video games, this move is referred to as dirty fireworks, which incredible. is just such a fucking horrifying. Incredible name I love it. Isn't it fucking terrifying? <laughs> Okay, it's apparently based off the dialogue because I don't know if we hear in the show. Do not actually remember, 
I think it's in does, like the original Z and dub. He says, and yeah, he, he says, says such filthy them. fireworks is what, what he yeah. says. Which is, why would they cut that out? Right? I don't know why they changed that line, because that line is so fucking cold. Again, also <laughs> Vegeta saying Mondo cool is That's cut out. way better than Kui, I'm afraid you're fired. Yeah. yeah. We're missing I, so many good lines from Vegeta after, because stuff got cut out. Yeah, but I just, uh, it is, calling this dirty fireworks is just so evocative, and yet it's also like, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots him up in the air and then just fucking explodes yeah. him. So far, Vegeta's killer move is chunking someone in the air and then making them blow the fuck up in a way well, that you is know, not okay. It's effective. <laughs> And, but this one is different, though, from how he did it to Nappa, because, like, Nappa is, like, a beam that he shot out with his whole, like, self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he put some umph into it. This was barely a challenge for him to pull, and yet it looks so much worse, like, in terms of going through it as, like, the recipient. Uh, to me, how I, I interpret it is when he punches him in the air... Like when he punches, mm-hmm. he literally deposits like a key bomb in him and then just chunks him and then he just does a literal victory pose and blows <laughs> him up. It's like how I interpret it to this yeah, day. I, and I will not I, be deterred <laughs> from this one. Oh, I was like, I thought it was just like, that's how he detonates it. Is like yeah, the pose right? is him. Mm-hmm. It's like either like imperceptibly adding just that little bit of energy to it that kicks off the chain reaction that blows you the fuck up. <laughs> It's like Kui's already dead from that punch. Let's be real. Like Kui's whole mm-hmm. like livelihood exited his body when Vegeta's fist entered. The blowing him up is just for Vegeta. <laughs> just just good <laughs> shit to happen, you know. Mm. God, Vegeta has some good dirty fireworks. Yeah, Vegeta does this, but immediately has like a line to himself that he's like after this, he's like, well. I can see Dodoria Zarbon over there. I might be able to take one of them on their own, but I can't take both of them. Freezes right out. Like, he immediately goes back to strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had my fun. Uh, yeah, and he's like, if I'm going to kill Zarbon or Dodoria, I have to get them on their own. Um, Which also sets up, like, again, we see how strong Vegeta is compared to how he was, and yet he still knows that these people are stronger. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get Vegeta monologuing about his plan. Yeah. Which, more or less, he's just like, if I just get one Dragon Ball, hide it away, I can let them do the rest of the work for me, and as soon as they have the other six, I can just, like, sneak in, grab them, and get my wish. <laughs> then I just dart in, put them together, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no one knows how to activate them yet. They're just like, oh, if we get them all, yeah. it'll be sick as fuck. <laughs> but this is what we get. Krillin, Gohan, and Bulma are all, like, finding a cave to hide out in. <laughs> When suddenly, like, Krillin and Gohan are like, we need to hide now. And they, like, duck into the cave, and the Frieza force flies by with Frieza, Darbon, and Darbon. Damn it, I did We did, did it, it again. Just start calling Zarbon. them Darbon. They're always together. God. Yeah. Zar- Darbon and Frieza flying by. And we get another great moment where Bulma's like, okay, guys, they look kind of mean, but guys... Hey guys, what's up? And that's when like Krillin and Gohan are like shitting themselves because they just felt how strong Frieza, Zarbon, and Dodoria are. And that's when Krillin's like, hey Bulma, when we landed, you saw four Dragon Balls together, right? She's like, yeah. And you're like, I want you to check the scouter again and tell me if they're moving. <laughs> or check the radar again and tell me if they're moving. She's like, they are. They're weird. They're moving. And he's like, Fuck, 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 fuck. As he's realizing that the whole Frieza force has four Dragon Balls already and they're on their way to number five. Don't you just hate it when you're right? Mm hmm. 
that's when we cut back to Goku and Yajirobe comes in to give him some beans and we get a nice moment of levity because <laughs> we get Goku jumping and flexing out of his cast after he eats the beans <laughs> because the rock didn't do it first, I guess. And no. just Goku's been flexing out of cast his whole life. <laughs> yeah. Goku has a whole conversation with like Yajirobe and Roshi and all of them talking about how he got Bulma's dad to make him a ship out of his old Saiyan pod because he I... figured adore yeah. this explanation because it's so like rushed and long-winded that you can see Toriyama just riding by the seat of his pants to get Goku into this arc. See, I yes. didn't even think it was, I don't even think it was it that. Works. It was a kind of rush, but it felt like very natural. And mm -hmm. it also, once again, it paints Goku as someone who's like, no, I thought this throughout. Like, you go get my yeah. old pod that's probably back up in the mountain somewhere. But what like, I love is that they insert comedy into this exposition by having the doctor just keep leading into shot, just fucking, like, mortified that Goku suddenly <laughs> has gone from possibly being paralyzed for the rest of his life to just walking around completely fine in the span of a second. Poor man <laughs> seeing himself become obsolete in real time. Yeah, and I love you even get, like, after Goku, like, does his whole rundown, he's like, all right, bye, opens the window, jumps out onto the fucking cloud, <laughs> but you see, like, other patients in the hospital, like, freaking the fuck out because Goku's, like, doing this to them. It's so funny. This joke works so well to me. Like, at one point, Goku even just, like, throws his, like, cast or something, and it just, like, ends up, no, he throws his, um, gown. And mm -hmm. it just ends up draped over the doctor's head. And he's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he's just like, as he's just completely ignored for the rest of this scene, as everyone else is just talking about the exposition. And it's super funny. Just juxtaposing, <laughs> like, all right, we're having this talk. We're getting the info out there. I'm going to go get to the Saiyan pod. And the doctor's just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> it's so yeah, good. Dude, it's, it's a terrible situation for the doctors because the nurse mm -hmm. can sexually harass the moment she walks in because Roshi's there. Mm -hmm. Which we have skipped over, but I, I will bring it up just to be like, it yes. fucking sucks. Mm. And then is just like, I think the lines, would you care for us after, after grabbing her ass is, would you care for a sponge bath or a sponge cake? And then Goku's just ripping crunches um, with his legs down, which is mm -hmm. a fascinating crunch to watch or a, <laughs> a pull up or whatever it is. I forget the term is. It's not actually a crunch, right? Mm -hmm. um, whatever. Um, Something. And the doctor's like, what the fuck are you doing? insane person and that's when just like they're like pop a sensu in this boy's mouth he's good to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is like give him the sensu we're fine let's go <laughs> i do like that bulma's that uh goku's justification for his darting off is well i told well i told him about a week ago i'm sure he's got the spaceship done by now yeah, he's just like, he's a smart science man. <laughs> How does Chi-Chi feel about <laughs> all this? He can reverse engineer alien technology in the span of a week. Oh, Chi-Chi was specifically not told. Because when yeah. he skipped over it, Bulma called home earlier to, like, relay the situation. She's like, tell everybody. And by everyone, I mean not Chi-Chi. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot she says yep. that. No the the continuation of everyone's Chi -Chi. pushing Chi-Chi out. <laughs> I do, I do, I'm now having seen Dragon Ball, I'm sad at how they push Chi-Chi out after the end of the last arc. They, they fucking super hard push her out. This show does not care for Chi-Chi. No. She is no, a gag character to a d disappointing degree. No, and that happens to a lot of the side cast in Z. Yep. And that is like the start of a problem for Dragon Ball as a franchise that it... It's starting to get over now, but even then, still not quite. And still doesn't handle its female cast very well at all. 
I think it's getting better, but that's very relative. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of episode 20. And we get to episode 21, which we start with Goku coming to the briefs compound, which is what I will always call it, because it's, it's a compound. <laughs> um, and I just, I always love Ponchi's voice in the dub, just feels perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, Goku, you're so sweet. You're so fun. Oh, you grew a up very to be such a choice. handsome man. Yeah, which I love how <laughs> negative horny Goku is in this scene. Because, <laughs> like, Pachi's like, yeah, just let like, me, oh, let me you're do so that. handsome. You got to take me out. And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, stop touching me. Can we just go to the spaceship? <laughs> and Dr. Brief, sure enough, Goku's like, I gave him a week to figure out how to build a super great spaceship. And sure enough, he pulled it off. <laughs> Now he's not done yet. He's still putting on some bells and whistles. This is so. This is from what I remember the original cappuccino machine. Is what I believe the original dub of this is. No, I think the cappuccino machine's Dragon Ball Z abridged. Is that abridged? I know that's the joke in abridged. I don't know if the original Z dub also went with that joke. I, I feel like I think it's the original Z dub as well. But I know because for a fact weird. that's the abridged joke because I've been rewatching okay. a bit of abridged recently. I haven't watched abridged in years, so I might be just they might be just coalescing together. Yeah, but no, the joke I do love that, that it is yeah, sounds Dr. speakers. Brief. Yeah, Doctor Briefs, like <laughs> like literally Goku sees him. He's built up Goku's tiny Saiyan pod into like a massive home size spaceship. Goku's like, oh wow, and he's like, yeah, it's still gonna be another week though. And he's like, what? And he brings him in. He's like, here's the ignition. Everything's set. You've got a fully stocked kitchen. Living quarters are down here. Of, yeah, and Goku's like, so what's not done? And he's like, I gotta put in some sick speakers. <laughs> You need a sick sound system. You're going to be blasted through space. And he's very, like, soft-spoken and deadly serious about it. It's Yeah, I can't emphasize enough. The delivery is what makes this joke to me. Because he <laughs> is like, this has to happen. It's like, it's such dad energy that he's like, no, no, no. This has to be done right. This, this isn't dad energy. This is my this is my best friend Neil's energy. Um, because when I talked about, he's a musician, so like he'll expect you know, sounds. What the soundscape needs to be crazy. Like, why don't you put some speakers in? Well, it needs to be in the perfect area. You got to get the acoustics right. The sound's got to be bound. You know, sound has to bounce off the correct areas. And I was just like, oh my fucking god, this is my friend Neil when he talks to me about music. It just is the same exact person. It's like you can't get it done today. It's gonna take a while. You got to plan it out. And I was like, and Goku's just like jumping up and down like a little child. Like I need to go. I need to go right now. <laughs> this is a problem. It's not. It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> but are really? you sure about the speakers? Yeah, we do also establish that Dr. Briefs's like reverse engineering of his spaceship means that Goku's going to get there in 6 days. They're geniuses. They're just geniuses out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say it's just nuts the the difference between Namekian spaceship in the brought back to working order versus Dr. Briefs fucking around with like a 22-year-old spaceship wreck. Has to made even far superior ship. The Namekian ship is like 300 years old or something. True. So I'm assuming the one that Goku came in is newer technology than that Saiyan pod. Mm-hmm. It is still very impressive, though. Hmm. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> time to go turn it up to 20 times gravity, boys. We're in space. Hmm. King Kai was 10. I could probably do 20. I was disappointed he didn't pancake. We do immediately see that this is gravity training entering the building, which is going to become such a staple of training in Dragon Ball that Goku's like, do you build the gravity machine I asked for? He's like, yeah, this thing could do up to 100 Gs, which I love that he's like, just like you asked, 
which I just love the idea that Coke is like, can you make this thing like go all the way up to just completely spine crunching gravity? And he was like, yeah, I think I can pull that off. Yeah. No questions. No questions. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. I get why you'd want your spine crushed a little bit. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, But sure enough, Goku convinces him to give up on the hi-fi speakers and Goku is off towards Namek. Which this also continues the trend that this spaceship also has no visible engine. <laughs> yeah, none of these have like any visible thrust, but they just go. Which just I'm still move. sticking by my idea that this is somehow they harness key energy to fly as like <laughs> a power source. They're just using goat, sapping Goku's energy. <laughs> I do love though that Dr. Briefs just as a last beat on this stereo speakers joke as he's watching Goku like disappear into the sky. He's like, I sure hope he was serious about those speakers. Or I hope he was sure about those speakers. <laughs> if the next <laughs> time just... we don't see Goku on the spaceship, he's not complaining about a lack of music, I'm going to be very disappointed. I want that so bad. I should have waited a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Dr. Briefs was right. <laughs> but yeah, and then this is where we get into the scene that I fucking love in this episode, which technically doesn't finish in this episode. It's going to continue into the next but this is Krillin and Gohan decide that they're also going to try to just prevent Fr- Frieza from getting one of the Dragon Balls and see what they can do from there. I think their plan is more or less like we're going to keep him looking for it until Goku gets here. And then we might be able to form a plan once we have a little more backup. But Gohan and Krillin hide their power levels and are watching from a cliff as Frieza, Zarbon, Dodoria, and a couple Frieza Force soldiers are just, like, haggling this Currently, we're watching a Ubisoft cutscene from Enter Ubisoft Game Here, where you pull out your binoculars and look at the bad villain do a bad thing. Okay, Ooh, yeah, um, but... Far Cry 3. Con- Far Cry 4? Yeah, but, like, what if that scene had way more tension and I liked it more? <laughs> yeah, Far Cry 4. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Far Cry 2, um, then. No. No, like, I, it leverages a lot. One, this is our first long, like, big scene with Frieza, where we really get to, like, meet this character Mm -hmm. i love how we get the exposition in this scene of like how namek uses their dragon balls and what they mean like how they treat them on their planet like basically everyone has to go to each of the villages if they want to wish make their case for why their wish needs to be made and then the elder will decide if they've earned the right to get a wish and I they have to the, do this at every village until they have all seven. This is such an incredibly funny thing to be like, here's how it would work. Here's how it's not going to work now that Frieza has appeared. <laughs> no, um, but I love is this. That we don't get this exposition from the Namek like, elder that Frieza's yeah, trying to Frieza. intimidate. We get it from Frieza using it just to basically be like, you think I'm coming into this with no knowledge. Your last elder told me everything. But don't worry, he also took some time until I started killing everyone. Like, (laughs) I'm simplifying it a lot, but there's a lot of fucking menace in this scene. Just the way that Frieza deals out the information to be like, you think I'm coming into this blind when I already know how this is going to go down. I'm just giving you a chance to do things differently. Or not. Mm -hmm. I'll probably kill you anyway. (laughs) Um, Which, this is a good chance that I'm like, I just love Chris Ayer's Frieza. Mm-hmm. And his performance in this scene just oh, sells yeah. me on it. Performance in this entire scene is just great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also which like I, the, we do get, 
Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that I also like that we get a quick shot of Vegeta listening into this explanation of the dra- how the Dragon Balls work because he doesn't actually know. And so it's, it's one of those, oh, hey, thanks for explaining it to Vegeta as well. Yeah, which is, again, efficiency in writing. Just having Vegeta listening in clears up a lot of time that would have been wasted with Fre- Vegeta having to figure out everything. And also, like, arrogance on Frieza's part, thinking that Vegeta, because he knows Vegeta's on planet and not on his side at this point. Mm-hmm. But he's still just like, oh, he can hear, he cannot hear, I don't really care. <laughs> What's his power level clocked at? Mine's higher. Yeah. Which is like the underpinning of every interaction Frieza's having in these episodes is he knows that he doesn't have to lift a finger to kill all these people. But if it came to it, he would be lifting a finger at most. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's even sitting in a little like chair just floating here, not even walking on his own, just sells that to me. <laughs> like there's just so much arrogance to how Frieza approaches everything. But the worst part is in how we see everyone who around him and how strong they are and how they still will listen to him without question means that there's something to back this up. Mm-hmm. As well as just the way that Gohan and Krillin can already feel his energy. There's also like, you know, Gohan is a like, sensitive boy who cares. Like, he doesn't want to see these people die. Krillin cares, too, but he's able to keep a lid on it a little more in service Krillin to Krillin understands that if, if they get caught, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gohan's like, love, I'm a loser. Adds, Krillin's like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> yeah, because it adds attention to this scene, because we know that... What we know about Gohan already is that when he gets angry, his, his power, power spikes. spikes. Yeah. But what we also know is that if his power spikes, they will be found. Mm-hmm. And if they're found, they will most likely be killed. So there's this this added level of tension where it's like Gohan is a powder keg waiting to go off, and he has to try to keep a lid on that so that they don't die, so that they might be able to get the Dragon Ball, so that they might be able to stop whatever Freeze is doing. Mm-hmm. And Dodori is already sort of on edge because he caught like a whiff of them and then dismissed it as like an insect or something, which it's a powerful insect. <laughs> I wonder if that I wonder if that was like yeah. tra- could be also be translated as bug for like the scouter or something. Probably. But that's when we also get like in this scene the elder waits until a group of warriors show up and this is when we get the exposition that the warriors on Namek can also hide their power level. Mhm. Cuz they show up, they buzz them with the scouter and they're like they're each at like 200. And so they just send the like goons after them. And then suddenly the goons just get fucked up (laughs) Uh, as they realize that their power level shot up to like 1,500 each. Or 3,000. Or 3,000 each, yeah. So like basically double the strength of a Frieza Force soldier. Yeah, the the the... goons are getting fucked up. Dodoria and Zarbon are still just kind of like calmly watching this because this is no threat to them. Yeah, there's a little... A little touch in this scene where, like, one of them gets kicked and he's flying through... One of the Frieza Force soldiers gets kicked by one of the Namekians and is flying towards Zarbon. Mm-hmm. And Zarbon just very casually just drop kicks the guy in midair <laughs> so that he doesn't hit him. Which is, like, without dropping... Zarbon has a Dragon Ball under each arm, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Yes. And he doesn't even drop one. He just sort of, like, kicks him and then just does, like, a hair flip. <laughs> he's just yeah. like, all right, and I'm back together. <laughs> Uh, Zarbon, voiced by J. Michael Tatum in this dub, who is great in this role. And a great actor. Love him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there is just like, it, again, it's like the here's here's the average and then here's the bar that we're really going to have to be scared of. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 very enjoyable. I'm sort of like when I finish this, I'm like, all right, let's go to the next one. I'm like, I'm almost disappointed we stopped. I'm like, okay, we're set up and we're good to go. Let's <laughs> yeah, get to it. This is like one of the most tense single scenes that we've mm-hmm. seen. I at least to me, one of the tensest scenes in Dragon Ball in general since we started this podcast. There's just a nice natural tension to everything here that is so well leveraged by Toriyama, and that's when we get. Zarbon gets called in to be like, Zarbon, clean this up. And sure enough, Zarbon just walks in and just fucks these three up with no effort. <laughs> I think he straight up does the thing. He like throws one of the Dragon Balls yes. up into the air to free up his hand, and he kills all three of them before he catches it again. <laughs> Which, God, it's a trope. The whole like somebody tosses something in the air, then does something fast, then catches it. It's a trope. But it's a fact. But it's a trope for a reason. Yeah, we all enjoy it. <laughs> it's leveraged really well here. But also, like this is such a we get everyone involved in the scene gets to contribute because the elder Namekian realizes really quick what the scouters are. Yeah, I yeah. Was about and to say we should probably together, talk like, about the brain on this Namekian. Yeah, because he like sees them scanning their power and he's like, they can sense our power. That's probably how they're finding the villages. So the elder Namekian is like, I'm going to blow up the scouters so at the very least they can't find the next village so easily. Mm-hmm. Which we know from earlier, there's only about 100 Namekians left before they headed out for this. <laughs> so there's, And it's a big planet. So the villages are pretty spread out. Finding one is a hassle. Yeah, they specifically say all the fighting people, the, like the men, or like the young are like out yeah. tilling the land. Yeah, they're like out, they're gone. Yeah, uh, and, they, and they don't have no scouter telling them to come back or whatever. So it's sort of like I have to like delay however they're going to get here. And so I do like the single laser beam to, to Doria's head, mm-hmm. knocking out one. <laughs> ah, you think it. that would hurt me that much? I'm very. And then he just jumps in the air and shoots the other one. He's like, ah, oh, beans. I really didn't think he was actually that smart. Yeah, no, it's like Zarbot <laughs> is the one that pieces together. Like, wait, he's after the scouters, but it's like just a second too late. Well, yeah, and the elder got like three managed. of them left. Yeah. yeah, they keep blowing up. <laughs> yeah, they should have. They really should have updated. Oh my more god, of you're guys. right. Yeah, if they just upgraded more models, they would have had way more. Yeah, and like he probably wouldn't have been able to do that. But I do love the story building moment of them just being like the scouter blew up, and now we have a reason why it blows up at such lower, low comparatively levels is because they're the shittier models. That is, that's honestly such a good joke that the the scouters just keep blowing up, and then they literally ran out of them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I love this, how effective this scene is in using all of the parts that they set up in it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the Elder Namekian plays a role, Namekian society plays a role, Frieza and the Frieza members all play a role, and then Krillin and Gohan, even as, like, observers, you have that extra tension of they can't be seen, which means Gohan isn't allowed to get angry, which is, like, half his thing at mm-hmm. this point. So it's, like, leveraging everything against each other in interesting ways. And characters making interesting decisions that are smart, but dumb, but dumb for good reason. <laughs> because we also get, like, the Elder Namek made a good call blowing up the Scouters. That being said, this pisses off Dodoria, and this episode <laughs> ends with Dodoria's about to just absolutely annihilate this dude's shit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, my, la- my last note was, well, rip to the old guy. Oh, wait, I guess he gets to live another episode. <laughs> next episode he's dead <laughs> oh yeah. no who could have seen this coming I don't know how much more to say about it I know I said I wanted to talk this scene but the scene is just so good as like our intro honestly to... just watch it 
the amount of just, yeah, just malice and like menace that drips from Freeze's voice this entire time is honestly something you just need to watch. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain. Yeah, like how much yeah. Frieza is sort of like a very calmly threatening villain mm-hmm. in a way that's like not very much like the uh, like villains from TV show that are calmly threatening all have this sort of like spike of rage that comes to them eventually. Frieza's spike of rage makes him petulant. The calmly violent part of him is just like here. It's just like a it's very it's a very detached boringness mm-hmm. that you really can only get if you're this high up in a power level world where bullets can't hurt you, which TV just doesn't really get to that often. So mm-hmm. it's just sort of like a, let me explain to you the situation really quickly because it, it, you, there is no scenario that's going to come down here, Namekian man, where I don't get what I want. But I'll lay out how it's ta- happened before and why it's going to change this time. And if not, I'll just do the same thing I did before. Mm, yeah. Um, it'd be like it's, it'd it's be fun. Like, mm-hmm. It'd be like a person like going down to like an ant hill and calmly explaining to an ant how you're going to steal something from their hill. Yeah. There's just nothing and they you're could fully do. While holding a hose. Yeah, while holding yeah. a hose. <laughs> More or less being like, I'm fully prepared to use this, but I'm giving y'all a chance to let me not. <laughs> now, will I turn it on anyway if you give it to me? Probably. Yeah. Which, that's another thing to say, like, there's the casual calmness of D- of Zarbon. Zarbon is the calmer of the two. Dodori mm-hmm. is a little more hot-headed. Um... Which, you know, that's a classic dynamic. You have the hot-headed, <laughs> super-violent henchman, and you have the more calm, calculated henchman. But then you have Frieza, who doesn't stop smiling this entire time. Just this just little, casual, a good time. Like, smirk. Like, I wouldn't call it, like, a big ear-to-ear grin. It's just this tiny little smirk. There he's just like, ah, oh, at least they're providing me some entertainment. Which, there's this haughtiness to how Ayers delivers the lines that adds to that whole feel of just... I am stronger than everyone here. I know it. I enjoy it. I'm not like, I'm not afraid of any of this. I don't enjoy fighting. I enjoy the power that I wield here. I don't enjoy this fighting. Sort of I enjoy killing. Dragon yeah. Ball gets to do is like if you pun- if any of those people punched Frieza, Frieza would not react because mm-hmm. that's how mm-hmm. strong Frieza is. Shows just don't get to do that. Other shows, unless you're doing anime, don't really get to have this kind of moment. And mm-hmm. Dragon Ball is just the best version of writing the guy. And you know, like, since you've set up, you've watched all Dragon Ball, you've watched some of the Z, you know that, like, there's a guy who can get fucking hit by a giant nuclear blast and be like, eh, whatever, man. <laughs> so, like, to see someone be like, these people are killing the Freeze Force, are about as strong as our guys. Like, that's how we're kind of pinning this, as mm, strong as yeah. our dudes. At least our boys um, who are here. <laughs> yeah, boys who are here. And this person is sitting in a floating chair, has yet to even consider moving. And, mm-hmm. and then, put this in perspective of all, Dragon Ball, there has been no boss in Dragon Ball yet, besides Vegeta, who wasn't the boss, who is the main bad guy, besides Piccolo, who can, like, back up the talk, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Besides Piccolo so far. But I haven't seen someone who's, like, from outer space that helps. Usually you get, like, the Red Ribbon Leader is dumb. Mm-hmm. You get, uh... Shen. The guy, yeah, Shen. You know, Tien's, you know, teacher. Yeah, leader is master. not the threat. Yeah, yeah it's, does, it sucks ass. Eggs. Completely this is like terrible. If- yeah, this is like a fucking King Piccolo was the leader of the Red Ribbon Army. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, not it would have been way better arc. fucking arc. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it is so far. But I love, like, it's a more complicated arc, too, than a lot of the arcs we've done. Maybe not, like, from a moralistic standpoint. We still have a pretty clear who's good, who's bad. But just from, like, the moving parts at play. Mm-hmm. How we set this up, how we made this work, and how it's, like, gonna play out. 
And right now, right now, all that's being set up, and it's working really well, is that there has to be a cat and mouse game. We, there is a whole force of Frieza people here. No one should be able to try to fight them all. Not even Vegeta wants to do that. Vegeta's like, I need to sneak in and take it, because I don't want to deal with all of them. I don't want to deal mm-hmm. with Frieza specifically, but I don't even want to deal with Zarbon to Doria. I mm-hmm. can maybe take him, but like I'd rather just get my shit get out. I don't. And I don't want to deal like, with Darbon. Go, yeah, yeah. And we need to go <laughs> figure out. And then Darbon. Frieza's group is like, we need to go figure this out. And Vegeta, you know, has a problem. Knows if he fucks with Frieza, there is more to. There's more with Frieza's forces than just the forces here right now. So it's uh-huh. sort of like this. Like, okay, we need to get these Dragon Balls. The Dragon Ball group is like, we also are going to need to get these Dragon Balls because we don't want Frieza to have them. We also need to figure out how to stay safe here. And then we're also going to need to figure out how to save Dende because that's going to be the next episode. <laughs> yeah, Dende is like, there's like two Namekian children with the Elder. One of them is Dende, which if you're familiar with Dragon Ball, you probably know who Dende is. And the other yeah. one is also there. Yeah, the other one is there. <laughs> I think he's given a name at some point, but... Um, but they're, like, there, obviously, to add, like, an even bigger level of just, like, how fucking evil Frieza is, because he's just willing to waste these kids wholesale to get what he wants. Yeah, he doesn't care about kids at all. No, he just, he doesn't even really view them as, like, he doesn't view anyone here as people. Yeah, Vegeta they're just sort of, is like, a things in his terrible person. Uh, Vegeta, yeah, get, I was yeah. talking about Frieza, but Vegeta oh, sorry, also Frieza, is yeah, just, yeah. like, yeah, these Everyone are here besides our two boys in blue, um... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Kohan and Krillin, who are just like hiding on a hill, Ubisoft game style, listening to the cutscene <laughs> going, oh no, that's so bad. Yeah. Um, are like, we gotta do the most morally correct thing. Everyone else in the scenario, besides the Namekians, who aren't really players in the scenario anymore, because they would be fucking dead, are like, what's the most morally bad thing I could do to get away with this situation? Yeah. <laughs> Kill the kids. Kill the kids. It's not even, like, morally bad. It's just what's going to be the most effective way to get to exactly what I want. <laughs> With but, no like, regard to even the most effective way, dies. right? Even the most effective way. Like, the simplest, the, the nicest, like, the simplest thing would be to just do the trial. Just It'd kill probably the guy. pretty easy, yeah. right? Um, oh, to me, the simplest thing that Frieza could have done was just waste the whole village and then yeah, just right. pick out the it Dragon is, Ball after. It, he is evil. He mm-hmm. is, like, I want to gloat. About how I'm gonna kill you, yeah, no, which is ultimately yeah. the downfall here, where he's like, "Ha ha!" More things start happening. He's like, "Um, uh, beans." Oh, yeah. And all the scouters are destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that even then, at least so far. I mean, we'll see more of the fallout of the scouters being destroyed in the next episode because they kind of get destroyed right before we get our cliffhanger. Yeah, it's yeah. right at the end but, of the episode. Like, yeah, the scouters are losing. The scouters is more like this is just gonna elongate my time schedule here because now I can't just like hop from the villages as easily but this isn't the end of this mm-hmm. yeah it's like the timetable's changed but the end result is the same with God, not, I with just, Frieza yeah. there is an inevitability <laughs> yeah he's like I'm gonna get what I want it's just how many hoops am I gonna have to jump through first uh seven yeah <laughs> and we're gonna tack on a couple more hoops and those hoops are <laughs> the humans coming mm-hmm. like good for Goku yeah <laughs> I do just love the dynamic at at play in this scene I don't think we've really had anything like it in Dragon Ball and that's what makes it fun like it makes it interesting um, as well as it's just really effective in getting us an introduction to who Frieza is 
I know last episode was the one that was named something to do with Frieza, but this is really Frieza's intro in the series, like, in mm-hmm. earnest, his first big yeah. scene. And it's just, despite him barely lifting a finger in it, he is the scariest thing on camera here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He, like, lifts a finger up and, like, an energy starts forming and everyone's like, ah, oh, beans, this is just the worst situation we can be in. Yeah. <laughs> To just tell us, like, just that little bit to tell us, like, if Frieza stands up, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) The planet explodes. Yeah. The only thing keeping this planet from being blown up is that there is something that he wants on it. Yeah. Frieza will not be standing up for a while. Yeah. (laughs) No, which is... (laughs) There's something to say about the visual of putting him in that chair that I'm like, I get it. The longer he's sitting there in that chair, it is effective. At being like, this guy is so laid back, despite doing literal genocide here. And that's what makes him truly a fucking menace. Or one of these several things that makes him such a menace. I'm a big, big, big fan of this scene. Yeah, it's it's very good. I'm excited to kind of see how... Because I'm like, I know this will be a while till... Um, Goku even gets there. Like, we're probably going to still be, like, a few episodes of this before Goku even gets to the thing. I think we'll probably still have some, like, well, Goku doesn't. Goku. I mean, Goku doesn't get to Nam... A bit of spoilers, but I assume a lot more of our audience has seen Dragon Ball Z in some way than Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Goku won't get here until the Ginyu Force is here. After and Goku even, gets to 100 times Earth's gravity, that is yeah. when he appears. Which, this does start a bit of a trend, that a lot of the arcs, it's almost like what One Punch Man will eventually be made to make fun of, mm-hmm. where it's just like a lot of the arcs will be like, we've got to wait until Goku gets here. Oh good, he's here. Oh man, he's out of commission again. Well, on to the next one. Yeah. That is the cycle of Namek, is Goku's out of commission, Goku's back in commission, we're waiting, Goku gets here, Goku's out of commission, Goku's back in commission, <laughs> he's gotta get over here. <laughs> like, uh, But it works in this arc. Um, I guess they don't really do that after this, now that I think about it. Cause well, he's like, out of like se- the entirety of Cell. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right, he does get the heart disease, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> And then Boo, he's out most of it because he's just fucking dead. <laughs> so there you go. Until he isn't. I think with the the cell one, I think it's less of a setup of waiting for Goku. It's waiting for Gohan. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, cell that set one. up. Yeah, for a bit they're waiting for Goku, but then by the time Goku's back, it's beyond Goku. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, while in Frieza, it's like it's they wait Goku's back and he's the only one that can handle it or the Saiyan saga does it too where Goku's dead and then he comes back and a lot of the Saiyan fight is they're waiting for Goku to get there um little do they realize it is beyond Goku (laughs) by the time he gets there Frieza a little less so Goku gets to get the W on this one (laughs) you know he has to fulfill an ancient decade or millennia old prophecy to do it but he still does it (laughs) but his dad did it first Hey, we don't talk about episode of Bardock. <laughs> I do. It's hilarious. It is super funny. It is the most fan fiction-y thing that ever was made officially by Toei Animation. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> what, what if <laughs> um, Bardock got hit by the ball and then 
he went, went back, back in time. time. Somehow the death ball <laughs> shot him backwards through time. Fuck it. Fuck that. Xenoverse is the only one that attempts to give an explanation to that, and I don't know why they go out of their way to do it. Ooh, what is it? Uh, it's just that some time-jumping villains decided to pull uh, Bardock through a time hole at the last possible second. Lame. Lame. And then they sort of lost track of him a bit, and that's when he turned yeah, Super Saiyan, sort of and then they found him again. For a bit. Yeah, time travel gets very uh, involved. Damn, I can't believe we misplaced the one guy we specifically grabbed. We still have the whole, we're going to have the whole mm. Ginyu frog arc. <laughs> Actually, no, we won't. I think we will. No, I think that I think it's specifically that is, some I Kai. believe that, that is Toriyama in Kai. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I there's think, a big. I, I don't think that's Kai, art. but I think it is filler. But it is. I, I know. He I don't think it's Toriyama, into, but it is in Kai. I think. I know he gets turned into a frog, and I know that like they don't kill the frog. You know that was like a no. DBZ remember, H-O you got to remember, he does steal Bulma's body, but then Captain Ginyu goes to the fight where everyone's fighting Frieza in his final form, and then tries to steal Piccolo's body. But but Gohan throws the frog mid beam, intercepts, and then he becomes the frog again, and that's how Captain Ginyu stays as the frog. I feel like that's a Z thing. Like I don't think that's in Kai though. If that's in Kai, can I get a hold hell up? Yeah, I'm looking brother? at an episode forty five on the uh, list of Dragon Ball Z Kai episodes. Ginyu tries to seal Piccolo's body, but is fooled by Gohan, who throws the frog body containing Bulma's spirit back in the way, putting Bulma back into her body. Well, I, I don't so. think that's canon. But it is, but I think it was, I think like, but I think, like, Gregory, it was too integrated into the show to cut around it. True. I mean, or the Dragon Ball Super does bring the Ginyu frog back around. Yeah, or, in reality, it's awesome. We're gonna love <laughs> it. That's the problem. We're gonna think it's very funny. Like, that's all oh, well, I... Well, no, I... Sorry, yeah. I, I misspoke earlier. The, him turning into the frog is canon, I believe, but him stealing Bulma's body and then getting put back into it is all filler, I believe. Hmm. It's the best kind of filler. Well, yeah, no, I know Frog Ginyu is canon. I don't think is him stealing Bulma's body, which is kind of sad. Not in that I love that stuff, but at least it gave Bulma a bit of time to interact with the plot. Because basically they're going to throw Bulma in this cave and that's going to be her role this entire fucking arc. And then that's why she gets to come back out, because then they go to the spaceship. <laughs> yeah. That's when, like, Gohan remembers that Bulma is someone that they had with them. <laughs> <laughs> You're a useful character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were there for literally all of Dragon Ball. Stay in this cave. <laughs> I think yeah, it's like a DBZ A Kai joke, where it's just like they look at Bulma when they land, and Krillin's like, "Bulma, do nothing through this entire trip." <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> you stay here, play pachinko. I would love that if we just occasionally cut back to Bulma like playing fucking Candy Crush on her phone. <laughs> just like I got oh, Apple sick. Arcade. I've been playing uh, what's it <laughs> called? Uh, Grindstone. It's really good actually. I've been enjoying it quite heavily. <laughs> You'd be amazed the cell reception out here. Yeah, it's great. It's crazy. Of course, you know, as you know, bad as they are, they're really putting the infrastructure together. Stop complimenting them, <laughs> <laughs> Bulma. No. But yeah, that's uh. I think that's, that's it an episode. For these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see how this scene concludes. God, I hope the <laughs> old guy makes it. Yeah, with the Namekians dying. No, nah, nah, I got nah, a good I feeling. Be fine. I got a good feeling about this one. Him? I got a great no, feeling good. here. <laughs> good vibes all around. See, the energy on this one feels good, as opposed to Freeze's, which feels bad. 
Exactly. The vibes are really off with everyone else here, except for my two guys hanging out with binoculars. <laughs> God damn it. Watch Dogs 2. Yeah. Dude, I love when my favorite characters sit up on a hill and eavesdrop. <laughs> I actually do. As well, I just keep making fun as I played on a Ubisoft game recently where I'm like, this is good. The Ubisoft game where you're like playing a game and it's like, no, no, no. You get to stop now. You thought your what protagonist game? would do something? No. Um, I recently played, like, I think it was, uh, what was it? Assassin's Creed Origins. I just played some of the deals just so I get through the DLC. The game's good. It has a great storytelling. But, like, it is just like, can you follow this man? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I can. That is a um, lot of Assassin's Creed missions. Hurry, look at this guy. He walks up to someone and goes, I like the rice you have. And you're like, hmm, this is the game I was waiting to play. Mm-hmm. God. Um, Ghost of Tsushima did the same thing, and I was playing that. Yeah. I mean, I was just playing Horizon Zero Dawn recently, and that's finally... Like I got to the interesting stuff. I was the the story of that is like fine. The characters are like fine. The world they set up is really the reason to play that game, at least so far oh, yeah. to me. And the gameplay yeah. can be like really interesting. Like when it comes together, it's really fun. Um, it took me a while for it to come together, <laughs> <laughs> mainly because it doesn't tell you that you need to get the better bows to get access to new arrows. Which, like, the, what you need those new arrows to take out, like, anything after the first four missions. But uh, now that it's coming together and I'm hanging out with Lance Reddick and he's like, Guardian, you need to go blow up this thing. I'm like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> it's funny, you're telling me about that where you're like, yeah, I'd, I'd upgrade my guns and get new stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I, I feel like they may never have said that to be true or, like, that you need to do that. Even though I, I'm going to replay it re- soon here just for my own brain to check this out. And I want to I want to replay it because I just like to have games to play while, while Yoshi's out on the couch reading a book and she wants me to hang out with her. Mm-hmm. And I just have that game in my back pocket. I don't have any other games I want to play on my PlayStation. Um, though I am playing Ghost of Tsushima right now, so that's been enjoyable. Ooh, oh, um, that's a great game. What is it? It took me my brain when you're like, I never upgraded my weapons. I was like, Are you a fool? What are you, what are you doing out here? We playing <laughs> RPGs. Like, you gotta go I get know. the you gotta get I mean, bow full, plus one eventually. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, full disclosure, I started playing it because I bought a PS5, and the only way I was able to buy it was in a bundle that came with Forbidden West. But I had never played Zero Dawn, so I was like, I should probably play the first one. So I was trying to just kind of rush through it and doing oh, none of the side marketing stuff, wins and, again. Yeah, and I was doing fine until I hit, like, a certain point where I had to fight some strong enemies and I just didn't have the equipment for it. So then I turned around and I grinded out for, like, two or three hours, and now I'm strong enough probably to get to the end of the game because I haven't hit another point where I was just too weak to fight anymore. It's like now I'm strong enough that I'm getting, like, the weapon mods and stuff in these missions that is making the rest of them possible. Uh, mainly just getting the ability to shoot, like, the precision bow that has the one, like, sonic arrow that'll just peel off armor and shit really easily, or the broadhead arrows for the little bow that will just splice through armor made the game substantially easier. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like it. Or maybe not easy, but I'm like, oh, I'm playing the game now the way that they wanted me to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Intended play. <laughs> yeah. Not doing a level one challenge run? Yeah. No. God, because I got to a point I was fighting, like, two of these things called, like, Corruptors. But because I just had the starting bow, like, basically unupgraded, it would take me, like, 40 minutes to do enough damage to kill one of them. 
So it's just like, fuck, I, I can't. I cannot do believe you beat your head against that wall for 40 minutes to find that out instead of canceling out and upgrading. You're like, in a, you're like actually also like a decently far part of the game, too, for that. That's like, like that's only like five story missions in, like five oh, or six. There's not yeah, that many main story missions. Is that missions. like one of the first, like it's not actually that strong? Um, it's, it's like one of the first missions you do after you get to Meridian. Okay, so yeah, I think that that might be like the second one. So remember, like, you, you'll eventually counter those, like, in the wild, and they're, like, really strong. And I'm, like, just yeah. thinking about that. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is going on out there? <laughs> so like, I remember, like, after I first left the first zone in the game, I had four weapons at that point in the game. They see, I only had different. Three. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I was doing a different, I was playing a different game than you. <laughs> that was, I, was like, I was so confused. I was like, yeah, you know, I always like, had all these different weapons and stuff. And you're like, I do not. I'm like, oh. Hmm. This makes more sense. So I think I had like the whole like so I think I like the trip caster and shit like that. Mm. Which is the fun one, which just trips people. <laughs> it's the I trip think I gun. Just got that recently. It's busted. Um, but now I'm I'm finally starting to get to the point. Yeah, shit's coming together and it feels good. Yeah, I've been I've been enjoying the Ghost of Tsushima stuff that we were talking about. Playing. That game is extremely beautiful. I didn't are expect it. In, I was. Are you playing it in Kurosawa mode? I'm not. I looked at that and was like, are, "There's a few things that like really hit me through the face hole real quickly." It was Kurosawa <laughs> mode, which did not. I was like, "I don't want to play this game. It's apparently beautiful with colors. So I shouldn't play that." And then there was English mode, samurai mode, which just means Japanese voice actors, which. I don't know how I felt about that wording. That mm-hmm. much. Well, does it keep, does it keep the it does it keep the English lip syncing? Not uh, no, on the I, PS5 I the, version. I, on the yeah. on the PS4 version, it did. That was like one of the big improvements they made for the PS5 yeah. re-release was full Japanese lip sync. Well, no, I was th- I was thinking maybe there was a third like Japanese option, and Samurai was just their clumsy way of doing like old time or like old. Uh, no kung fu movie thing where the ma- mouths mm. don't match at all. No samurai no. mode just means Japanese language oh, option. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, Why? Wow. I did. Don't know about that. <laughs> don't one. know about this know. one. Chief. I'm playing it through in Japanese this time. I played it through in English when I played it on the PS4, um, which it has a fantastic English voice cast. <laughs> yeah, it seems really. It seems really good. I've I've been enjoying it. I like that it does side quests and like parts. So you yes. can, it can tell a full story because it'll be like this is part five of the side quest. I like that it'll also tell you roughly how long they take to complete, so I know what I'm getting into. That is nice. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's like various. Like it could have a whole art. It's like I the one thing I'm I'm like a little annoyed by is the constant like they somewhat maybe I'm just too early on. I've been playing a decent amount where they just. They keep giving samurai these like they like they are honorable, and I'm like, bro, samurai are not like I get that's like their code, but like mm-hmm. I hope they just push back against that like talking. I mean, the point. code was all made up after the fact anyway, and a little bit, and like and some of that stuff is just like samurai were feudal lords. You gotta at least discuss that part a little bit, um, where they weren't just like good guys who came around and were like, we're here to take care of the band. It's like they were they were feudal. <laughs> In a feudal country, you, I am the bandit. Uh, yeah, I, sir, I am the bandit. Um, and I, I, but there's other parts I like where I've been enjoying. But like, it's it's obscenely good looking. Like, it, it's absurd oh, yeah. how like nice that game looks. Um, where I'm like, oh holy shit, the the combat and stuff is like kind of fine, but the um, the graphically, wow, impressive. Oh yeah, no, 
they keep saying they keep being like there's a you're, you're switching between ghost mode and samurai mode and i keep walking up to places and going showdowns i leveled up showdown all the way <laughs> the first thing i leveled up oh, no, uh, fight me samurai. just running You'll up eventually no and that's something i like about it in terms of like trying to kind of push back against the ludo narrative dissonance problem is in the beginning of the game you can do that and that's what Jin Sakai I have started wants running against the do. wall a little bit but yeah as you start going further more and more you have to go with the ghost option because the samurai option just becomes impossible yeah and i've also just sort of laughingly been like i want to ghost it up a little bit just so Jin can feel bad i and i make him feel bad <laughs> yeah. um and then he'll be like i can't believe He's like, look your eyes at the enemy, Jid. And I'm like, I'm like, nope, jumping from the sky, stabbing this guy from his skull and throwing a smoke bomb down. See you later, fuckers. No, uh, you've unlocked bird. water yeah. mode. That is just something, it's a very simple, like, way to write a story that plays into the gameplay, but they do it really well. Like, I'm yeah. like, I love that because then it feels, it, it all feels in sync. It doesn't feel like there's a huge disconnect between what I'm doing and what the story is telling me. It's also very funny because you're like, I have to fight my enemy straight on. And like the one other person is a bow and arrow. is like, no, bro, don't do that. <laughs> Next bow and arrow person, we should go straight on. What are you doing? I'm like, you have a bow and arrow. you talking about setting <laughs> yeah, up ambush it's points. Easy for them. You're a liar. <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoyed that game. And yeah, I agree. I, I appreciate that they put the Kurosawa mode in just as to be like, yeah, we love samurai movies and shit. Yeah. And here's our like nod to it. But that game looks way too pretty with the way it does lighting and color that I don't want to turn it on. Yeah, I'm al I almost I'm like, hey man, you should take out this Kurosawa mode. These people worked really hard on making this game look so fucking pretty. No, yeah, like, especially the PS5 version where you don't have to pick between performance or like visuals. It looks so much prettier. Even yeah, like I thought that game looked gorgeous on the PS4, and then the PS5 version is like, what if it looked like noticeably even more good? And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> It's like, what if what we if upgraded like, it again? What if, like, everything was windy in the most perfect way and everything was, like, a nice color and, like, the grass moving? You talking like, wow, this is a nice-looking game. It is hard to talk about how the wind is just so fucking pretty in that game, which is good because that's how they do your GPS is the wind direction, which is so, <laughs> like... The game just basically... It doesn't super reinvent the wheel on anything it does. I would say, like, as a game, but it's basically, like, what if we just did, like one of the best versions of this type of game. <laughs> That's true. Yo, speaking of Japanese game, it. Monster Hunter Rise forgot new DLC. Yo! <laughs> I've been That's playing a, a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. Speaking of Japanese game. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost done with the, the first, like the base game's main story. Did you fight the Rathalos yet? Yeah. There's the no Rajang. There's a Rathalos in Final Fantasy XIV. Oh wait, yeah, shit, there is. They did don't a crossover. Don't fucking lie to me like that. Like I don't know things. I mean, You're... yeah. I mean, the real monster hunting game that I need to get back to is Bug Snacks. Yeah, there we go. Now we're talking. I believe it's I a level seventy guys... quest. Is the Rathalos yeah. quest? Please. I was talking with you guys off stream about Bug Snacks, and we were all talking stream. about how it's so funny that you can tell they made that game. And they wanted Strabby, the little strawberry bug thing, to definitely be the mascot of the of the game. Like that's their Pikachu. And then the entire internet latched onto Bunger, the goofy fucking cheeseburger one. <laughs> the cheeseburger. And I'm included. As soon as I met Bunger, Bunger, I was like, he has Bunger? made me measurably happier. 
<laughs> Welcome person. to the Bunger Collective. I reach out my hand. It's like the 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 triangle of needs, but at the top, it's just Bunger. I opened up my third eye, and all I heard was Bunger. <laughs> it's got Bunger. a power level over twenty four thousand. He really does, though. Everyone's sitting down a cold. Do you feel that? Bunger. <laughs> Cold sweat runs down your brow. Hurry, hide your power level. Bunger, bunger, bunger. <laughs> bunger, 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 bunger. All right. I think that'll do it for this episode of WSP. I think Bunger could kill Freeze is what I'm getting at. <laughs>